the Kang Gang Bang. All right, let's get to it. Welcome to another edition of Fan Speculation. My name is CJ Palmisano, and I am joined by my good buddy, Joe Stanziali. What's going on, Joe? You got to start signing me to a contract, bro. <laughs> We're going to be coming on here this often. Yeah, <laughs> you are a, um, a multiple-time guest. I mean, we call Andreas our, our honorary third co-host, but you could, you're you up there for honorary fourth. <laughs> like, the amount of times you've been on there. I always appreciate it. I'll tell you what, dude. It's days like this where you just... You're just grateful for shit, you know. Like yeah. I've worked a lot of, I've worked a lot of jobs. You know, I worked food service, and uh, I hated doing it, but I'm glad having done it because you know it makes you grateful for what you got. Today was hot as fuck outside. Oh really? And of course, you know, typical Florida weather at like three, four o'clock started fucking pouring, and I was just thinking, you know what? A couple months ago, I'd have to be delivering packages in this shit, and now I'm in an off, uh, office with air conditioning. Life is good. That is beautiful. Goddamn. Goddamn is right. Anyway, those of you wondering, uh, Vinny uh, had a he had to make a little extra cash. He had to go pimp out some hoes. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> Vinny uh, last minute had to cancel. He's all right. Everything's good. He uh, Joe's just filling in for today. So we're not going to be talking about Miss Marvel because the time of this recording, we are recording this on the 28th of June. Vinny and I usually record the podcast um, on Wednesday nights, mostly, when we uh, are watching a new Marvel or Star Wars show. But we have a lot of things to talk about. We're going to be talking about early reviews for Thor Love and Thunder. Uh, We're going to be talking about Chris Hemsworth's future in the MCU. Uh, Could Beta Ray Bill be coming into the MCU? More on him later. Future of whether John Krasinski will be Mr. Fantastic in the MCU. Uh, Marvel returning to San Diego Comic-Con. Could we hear more Fantastic Four X-Men announcements? Could Wolverine be in Deadpool 3, according to the writers? Eh, maybe. Who knows? Uh, and could Miss Marvel introduce the mutants and the Inhumans officially to the MCU? That is what we have on the docket there. But we have so much to get into. Let's first of all talk about Thor Love and Thunder. Now, the movie isn't officially out yet to the public, but the world premiere Excuse me. Just happened. Uh, I think last week, uh, guys like the Cosmic Culture and the Cosmic Wonder. Excuse me. I have to double down. Uh, double down here and and, and uh, multi. I was saying Joe multitask. I was just eating before I got on this podcast. So excuse my uh, interruptions and possible burps. But you hear that when I drink beer on the podcast. Anyway, um, so we have a lot. So. The Thor Love and Thunder premiere happened, you know, like I said, Cosmic Culture, Cosmic Wonder, uh, The Real Rejects, those guys, they were there at the premiere, and they gave their in-depth analysis, without going to the spoilers, that this is, um, you know, there are elements of Thor Ragnarok in this movie, you know, the jokes are there, and and the uh, apparently the jokes are very well received, they're not just like, oh, forced Marvel comedy, um, but there's, you know, there's a lot of, uh, sa- there's some sad moments, there's some happy moments, there's like, you know, Character building moments. Um, you know, there's a lot to go in there. Gore the God Butcher, played by Christian Bale, is received very well by fans. Um, Joe, what is your, uh, on a scale of like one to 10, how excited are you for Thor Love and Thunder? 
That's interesting. I mean, I've always liked Thor as a character. Um, the problem is, like, I, I just don't know where they can really go from here. Um, so I, I'll probably put it at a solid eight. You know, I've I've never really been part of the whole like even Thor one and Thor two. Like, I know those movies are kind of hated, but you know, I thought they were fine. I, I always liked the character and the world and everything. So, you know, it's nice to see. The, the only thing is, I really hope that eventually because i i know that this movie is apparently supposed to be somewhat comedic you know and while they found their niche in thor ragnarok and you know that's what's been successful i man i really hope that they eventually go into a more serious thor because especially if chris hemsworth wants to do this a little more like there's so much room for this character to grow and thor itself is such a cool character not just as an mcu character but i mean he's the fucking norse god of thunder thor yeah i mean in in god of war he's like the main villain (laughs) you know like there's so much you can do with him and just being this piece of shit you know and (laughs) you can you can almost kind of do it the way they had batman you know where eventually he kind of becomes jaded and starts killing people you know and kind of losing his ways and just becoming really dark i think thor could eventually go back to that i know they were trying to do something a little more similar like a little more serious in the first two movies but i still think they were kind of trying to get their feet wet in the whole mcu thing to begin with so now that they really know what they're doing i think they can maybe try and do that again so i'm kind of hoping that that does eventually happen even though i'm not really expecting it this movie i think there's from what I understand with your point and with the reviews, the spoiler-free reviews that I've heard, um, I think there's a pretty decent blend. Like, you know, there's MCU comedy and, like, you know, the jokes are very well received, but it's also there are very dark moments in this movie. And, again, like, I think particularly that comes from the character like Gore the God Butcher, who Taika Waititi, the, uh, the director of the film, had said that, you know, Gore can really... Um, puts his name out there as like one of the best villains of the MCU and the reviews of these these guys on YouTube are just like yeah he did a phenomenal job and he's up there with one of the best villains we've seen in the MCU so far um I because the backstory of Gore I've explained it a little bit here in the podcast but uh for those of you who don't know who maybe new to the podcast welcome um Gore the God Butcher um he had a family, a wife, and um, and sons. I don't know how many sons he had, but he had quite a few kids. And, you know, all of them were dying, um, I think, was on this planet that he was living on. And he was, it was down to him and his last son, I think his oldest son. And he was praying to the gods, saying, please, please spare his life. Please, please help him help him live. And then his son died, and he's like, well, the gods, they just, they don't exist they must not be real. If they did, they would have helped me. They would have saved us. And then he found two gods fighting each other to the point where he's like, oh, the gods are real? They Then they fucking ignored me. And he killed the two gods that landed down the planet that he was living on. And he ends up getting the sword called the Necro Sword, which is from the symbiote god king uh, Null. I don't know if... And he has a sword in the movie. I don't know if that's going to be the same sword or whatever because it's kind of a Sony tie-in and that's... I don't know if they're going to work that out or not, but anyway, um, Christian Bale is a big part of the movie as the villain and does a phenomenal job from what I heard. I think, from what I understand, this could really open that up. Um, I just think that... I think the more Chris Hemsworth we get in the MCU, the better, because I don't think there's any reason not to use Chris Hemsworth if he is available, because here's a very important point. We don't have that many of the original Avengers left in the MCU. 
Really, all we have is Thor, Hawkeye, and the Hulk. Yeah, I'll tell you what. Um, I'll get to this point in a second, but for this specific movie, it's strange because a lot of the Marvel movies that I've you know gone into, I've always been kind of more excited for the main character and everything, but whereas this, I'm more kind of interested in the side characters. I'm more interested to see Jane Foster as Lady Thor, and I'm really interested to see Gore the God Pusher, played by Christian Bale. And I'm going to be really interested to see how well he does because the sign of a good actor is being able to act through a bunch of makeup and like CGI and everything. Andy Serkis does it really well. Hell, even Jim Carrey in the Grinch movie, although I don't think it was necessarily a good movie, he you know he did a really good job, kind of expressing a lot of Hold emotion up. through through you that. You don't think that Grinch movie is great? No. Damn. No, I don't think it's very good. <laughs> that's a guess. That's one of my favorite Christmas movies. Anyway, continue. Yeah. Sorry to shit on you. I'm sorry, <laughs> but um, yeah. Ew. So it's, it's it smells. <laughs> we all know how good of a um actor Christian Bale is, and yes. the guy's a damn near shapeshifter. So it's going to be really cool to see <laughs> how he acts through all that makeup and CGI. But um, yeah, I, I remember seeing this uh this 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 uh I, I guess tra- or a clip from the trailer where Jane Foster's Thor was fighting and she took apart Mjolnir. And threw its shards at people. Yeah, and I got like three quarters chub. I'm gonna be honest. <laughs> that was that was that was really. I did not expect that. I'm like, oh, okay. Maybe I didn't I'm either. I didn't either. And yeah. that's 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 something that a lot of uh, the Cosmic Wonder and Cosmic Culture did a review together on the Cosmic Wonder's YouTube channel, which apparently now is gone. I don't know why, but I remember watching the video. They were saying things like. The reason for her becoming worthy is so like that was one of the best parts for them, and I'm like in in the comics, you know, Jane Foster became worthy of Thor because she was dying of cancer, and I think Thor, I think Odin wasn't around, so Thor had the the authority to to deem who's worthy and who's not. Excuse me, and um, what it ended up doing, yes, she gave her powers, but every time she held into the powers of Thor and used the hammer, it actually reverted her chemotherapy. So any any improvement she'd make, and she'd use the powers of Mjolnir and, and Thor, it would just end up sending her back, and she ended up just like stop. She stopped like honing into it, and eventually dies in the comics. I think. I don't think they would really want to try and do that for Jane Foster for Natalie Portman. You know, they brought her back into the MCU, and it was Taika Waititi who brought her back in. And uh, it, reports had said that you know she didn't really enjoy her time as a, you know as her character, but obviously now she's a superhero too, so I'm sure she'll enjoy it a lot more. Um, I think on an excitement level, level for me, for Thor, I was re- I was more excited for Spider-Man and Doctor Strange because those tied into the multiverse. As time has gotten further, I'm getting more and more excited for, th- for Thor Love and Thunder. Um, but I think Kevin Foggy was saying something about commenting on... Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff from the comics we can touch upon. I think it's on the like the history of, of or the future of Chris Hemsworth, I should say, and saying things like, you know, there's so much and so many great Thors, uh, so many great comics for Thor's history, and so much of uh, great Thors in the comics that it would be uh, it would be wrong to not even try to, um, you know, uh, to explore upon that whole thing. Now, there's a few people in the comics who have been worthy of the whole Mjolnir, and a few of them being, obviously, Mighty Thor and and Odin and, you know, Jane Foster, Mighty Thor. 
Um, but there is one character who um, has been referenced a little bit in the MCU and who could possibly stem from this movie. I'm not saying he's going to be in the movie, but there's a character named Beta Ray Bill. Uh, Joe, are you familiar with the character Beta Ray Bill? Yeah, he's from the uh, Marvel Lego game. Okay. I, is is he? <laughs> is he? Yeah, in the- yeah he was in, he was in uh, Which, I think it was like a Marvel superheroes, uh, whatever. Was he in the first or second one? Because I only ever played the first. I think he was in the first. I don't know. All I know is like a cow Thor or something. Does he lactate or some shit? Like, I don't know nothing about him. <laughs> okay, so anyway, his, um, his creature, his, uh, his species is called a what does it say here? A carbonite. Now, um, he does have a bit of like a weird looking. Uh, let's see his his thing here. Yeah, it's a very look weird looking skeleton goat cow thing kind of. I don't know how to describe him for those who like who are wondering. Well, what does he look like? And thinking about this on an audio podcast. Um, I think Beta Ray Bill is another character who has been worthy of the powers of Thor. And I'll read a little bit from the good old gospel page of all information Wikipedia. Beta Ray Bill, a fictional superhero appearing in the, Mar- in the American comics published by Marvel Comics, debuting in the Bronze Age of, of comics. The character was initially intended to be a surprise and apparent monster who unexpectedly turns out to be a great superhero. Uh, as such, Bill is the first being outside the Marvel uh, Marvel Universe's Norse uh, uh, Pantheon to be introduced as being worthy to wield Thor's hammer, Mjolnir. After an entail, in, I can't read today. Rival after a rivalry for possession of the weapon, the alien warrior was granted a war hammer of his own called Stormbreaker, and the two reconciled as uh, staunch allies, going to fight five by side by side. So, Beta Ray Bill was the first one to have Stormbreaker. Now, that's very interesting. It could lead into... Because maybe at the end of this movie, possibly, maybe Thor gets Storm, gets Mjolnir back and he buries Stormbreaker. I mean, they did show him putting Stormbreaker down in the trailer, right? So maybe, you know, that's that's what happens in the movie and he, you know, Beta Ray Bill kind of picks it up, but... Uh... Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be fascinating. Uh, th- this Marvel going up from here on out because I don't want to say that they haven't really faced adversity yet, but then again, like they had a whole bunch of huge characters already, and they kind of played their their part well. But now they're getting into a point, and you mentioned this earlier, where Thor's one of the only originals left. It's gonna come to a point where not only do you have to get fans invested in these new pretty much unknown characters because you pretty much used a bunch of your a characters already you know there's not a whole lot to go off of except for like the more b and c tier characters so you have to get people invested in that and not only that you're limited to the fact that you're working with human beings right you're not drawing comic books so you can't just draw the same person for decades and decades so you have to deal with things like contractual obligations and people whether or not they want to stay for a long time or not so yeah, it's it's going to be weird to see how they juggle this around because I'm sure they want to keep Thor around, but you know, and as much Chris, as much as Chris Hemsworth says he wants to stick around, they don't want to stick around for as long as Marvel wants to make Thor content, you know. So if not, then they're going to have to get more Thors, which would lead to Beta Ray Bill and maybe some other guys. So yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how how they go in the future because this is really the the 
the true adversity that they're going to um, experience here is trying to be really creative uh, uh, with all that, as well as just trying to change up the formula a little bit to make sure that it's not the same old, same old Marvel stuff. I would agree with you in that sense, but I think if anybody can do it, I think it is Marvel. And I think they've been doing a very decent job with introducing newer characters that aren't as well known to like a wider audience. Like um, I think like, like America Chavez, for example, when they brought her into Multiverse of Madness, I didn't know much about America Chavez before the movie. Uh, I learned about her character a little bit before while the movie was being was being in production, and I thought so. Sochi Gomez, who plays America Chavez, did a phenomenal job, and I think she'll be a great character running forward. Plus, you know, they're trying to build upon the uh, the young Avengers uh, in the MCU. You know, like characters like her and uh, Billy and Tommy Maximoff, Speed and Wiccan, aka Speed and Wiccan. Um, you know, uh, Kate Bishop, Hawkeye, you know, there's a, they're definitely building towards that. And I think there is one thing that Marvel really does need to do, and it kind of goes ties in with uh, our other uh, topics. But the question bears here is how long can Marvel um, keep going in the MCU without introducing the Fantastic Four and the X-Men? Because I think that's like the biggest, most well-known Marvel properties that the MCU has yet to advert, uh, has yet to tease or even tell us anything about. Really, the like, like the only other characters I can think of are Carnage and Venom for Spider-Man. But they've teased Venom at the end of Spider-Man: No Way Home when Eddie Brock got sent back to the Sony universe, and. Uh, you know that's that's it, and then Van, John Krasinski being playing Mister Fantastic in Multiverse of Madness. Spoilers for Multiverse of Madness. You've been living under a fucking rock. Um, but that does lead into one of our next topics: is that uh, Marvel apparently is going to be going to San Diego Comic Con for the first time since 2019. Um, that's where they announced a lot of the stuff for Phase Four. You know, they announced you know the shows and Doctor Strange: Multiverse of Madness, Thor: Love and Thunder, where we saw Natalie Portman return uh, with um, with Mjolnir in her hands. They gave her Mjolnir, saying, "Hey, she's gonna be she's gonna be Mighty Thor. She's gonna be female Thor." Um, and even Kevin Feige said at the end of the Comic Con panel that we didn't even have time to talk about the Fantastic Four. We didn't even have time to talk about mutants, which he did clarify that mutants and X Men mean the same thing. He's not saying like they're going to change the name of the X Men to the mutants, but that he is referencing them. Now, Joe, I would say there's there's a lot coming up in the next ten years of Marvel. There's a lot of um, there's a lot of dates being slated for movies. But no movies have been announced as of yet in some of these uh, spots. I would say, realistically, how soon do you think Marvel can introduce the Fantastic Four and the X-Men? As soon as they want, really. And frankly, uh, to answer your question where you, where you asked, you know, how far can they go without, you know, introducing them? I don't think all that far. Maybe they can go a couple more years, but... Man, I think they have to really start getting on it because, I mean, we're already on the fourth Thor movie. We're going into the third Guardians of the Galaxy movie, the third Ant-Man movie. And, you know, guys like Ant-Man and Doctor Strange and stuff like that, you know, even or even the Guardians, like, they're not A-tier characters like Iron Man or Captain America or something like that or Hulk, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. so, as, as popular as they are in the MCU... 
you still kind of have to have that general fan appeal as like, you know, oh, I'm really excited to see these. And, you know, the Fantastic Four and specifically the X-Men are like, you know, specifically X-Men. They're, they're, the, top, they're the top of the tier. I mean, X-Men rival Spider-Man at that point, right? Yeah, so, you know, sure. if you're going to be running out of these, you know, older movies, you, you have to start bringing in these new guys sooner rather than later to start, you know, getting people acquainted with these huge characters and kind of build a huge storyline. And again, especially with X-Men, where there's so many places you can go because there's so many characters to introduce, you're, you're better off starting sooner rather than later. I would think so, and I think they've done a good job with already introducing John Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic in Multiverse of Madness and then having uh, Charles Xavier play a variant Sorry, having Patrick Stewart play a variant of Charles Xavier. You know, he's just one of those actors where he is the character, and that's one of the two characters he's been fortunate enough to people refer him as. Um, uh, you know, th- you know, I think it's very much because they've planted the seeds, you know, that the Fantastic Four, the X-Men, and the Inhumans all have all were in the 838 universe that Doctor Strange and America Chavez went to. So you have to imagine that they are in the MCU or they're going to be in the MCU at some point. So I think I I think we could see like a Fantastic Four uh tease or cameo or even like a um an after credit scene as early as Ant Man the Wasp Quantumania. Now that's coming out next year. Um apparently Thor Love and Thunder is supposed to be the end of phase four, believe it or not. Um, and Phase 3 is supposed to be starting. Now, I don't know. For a long time, Black Panther Wakanda Forever was supposed to be uh, showing up later this year in November. Um, I don't know if it's been pushed back. I don't know of anything like that because uh, Letitia Wright, who plays Shuri, she was dealing, oh, months ago, was dealing with a pretty significant injury that that, uh, cut the, that cut into filming time. So I don't know if that's been postponed or not. But the Marvels is supposed to be coming next year. Ant-Man the Wasp Quantumania is supposed to be coming next year. There is like a city you see in Ant-Man the Wasp, the you know second Ant-Man movie, um, where you see like a city. Now, some people said this could be like Latveria, which is Doom's home country. Um, or it could be the Citadel of Kang's, where Kang uh, and all his variants meet together and try and plot domination and all that shit. So... It could be a thing uh, like the Fantastic Four could be in the side of the quantum realm where Ant-Man was in Endgame, where he said, where, you know, Ant-Man's like, you know, I was, I, I'm gone and, you know, everyone's, you know, so many people are, are you, I'm gone now, so many people I know are gone and olders and Black Widow's like, oh, it must have been a rough five years. Yeah, but it wasn't five years for me, it was five hours. So, and that explains why Scott, it still looks the way he does. So it's possible that maybe the Fantastic Four are in that area of the quantum realm because something must have happened. I, and Marvel doesn't do like these throwaway lines. Everything they say has a purpose. Like when Doctor Strange said, Fantastic Four, didn't you chart in the 60s? Now that is a reference to the Fantastic Four comics being so popular and the, the family being set around that time. But you have to imagine that maybe the Fantastic Four were in the 60s like maybe their movie when we see it takes place in the 60s you know and reed richards in the comics worked worked a lot with hank pym so maybe reed rich i mean mardo said he's smartest man alive maybe reed richards found the formula for time travel before tony stark did 
or he had some kind of idea for it, but they got trapped in the quantum realm. Yeah, and I guess I would hopefully that is how it did, how it worked, and then you know I would kind of explain why Tony Stark figured out time travel in five minutes in uh, Endgame. You know, maybe he had some previous knowledge on it. But um, yeah, if Thor is going to be the last movie of Phase Four, or Ant Man is going to be the first of Phase Five, whatever the case may be, you know that that'd be a good way to either end or kick off the new phase, right? Is with either mm-hmm. like you know say setting up Doctor Doom or Magneto or something along those lines, where because I don't know when it was exactly where they did the first Thanos um, after credit scene. I forget which movie it was. That's the first. But Avengers. I remember first Avengers. Okay, then yeah. So that that first Avengers, you can argue, really kicked off the MCU, you know? And, you know, uh, nothing has really gone on in this phase of the MCU yet, with the exception of just the multiverse existing, mm-hmm. to really give a, you know, to really hone in on our big bad. You know, we don't have a Thanos. We don't have something like Galactus or something like that, right? Maybe they, you know, within these next couple of movies, they introduce that guy that we're like, okay... This is the end boss, you know, and well, uh, oh, hopefully they do that. Well, I'll tell you who that big next final battle boss is. It's Kang the Conqueror. I believe I, that I think Kang is the next big bad. I mean, we've seen it with with Loki, you know, like Kevin Feige confirmed at the Multiverse of Madness world premiere that it's the events of Loki is the reason why the multiverse is such disarray for Sylvie killing he who remains a Kang variant. Now. He's not necessarily a great Kang variant, but he's the less evil out of all of them. Where he even said, you know, you can kill me and let, if you think I'm bad, wait till you see my variants. It's like, well, he gave Loki and Sylvia a choice. Like, or you can take it over, you know? So, you know, it stemmed, and it also stems to how when Loki came back to the TVA, Mobius didn't know who he was, and uh, neither did uh, Hunter B-52, I think her name was, and then instead of the three uh, Timekeeper statues, we see a statue of Kang the Conqueror. And Kang the Conqueror is supposed to be in Ant-Man and the Wasp Mania That was confirmed uh, quite some time ago. Um, so I believe Kang is going to be that villain, but I also feel like he's a villain that we could see a hell of a lot more than a Thanos. Thanos was kind of like you know, plotting in the background and the st- and the shadows. You know, want, you know, letting other people do his bidding. You know, trying to get the Infinity Stones until the point where he's like, "Fuck it, I'll do it myself." Um, I think with Kang because there are so many variants of him that we'll see him more often in more movies. The Avengers and other superheroes might be able to beat some of his variants. But it doesn't mean they're able to beat him forever. Now, I think that could also very lead that could also lead to using the same villain a little too much, and people might get bored with it. But I think if done right, they can do it very well because there are a few different variants of Kang the Conqueror that um, tie with uh, the Avengers and the Fantastic Four. One of them being uh, Nathaniel, uh, is it Nathaniel Richards? Nathaniel Richards, I think that's his son. Uh, I'm just going to do a quick little Google search. Uh, Kang the Conqueror, he he is like a descendant of Reed Richards. So um, Kang the Conqueror, a supervillain in our Marvel comic books, 
Uh, he is uh, Fantastic Four, blah, 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 blah. Um, including, and this is this is must be great for all you listening to me. Look, trying to find shit that I was I probably should have prepared for already. Uh, off the cuff shit, people. Okay, so he's a time traveling entity, and several versions of Kang have appeared in Marvel Comics over the years, including his respective future and past roles of himself, Ramatut, Immortus, Iron Lad. Iron Lad is a variant of Cap uh, of Kang the Conqueror. And he is, I know it's Nathaniel Richards. It's uh, what's his name? Iron Lad, Nathaniel Nate Richards. Okay, he is a variant, uh, not a variant, but a descendant of Reed's of Reed Richards from a much further timeline. Okay, and it's it's very well believed that you know we could see. That's why I do think we could see some kind of Fantastic Four. Um, reference something in Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania because Kang is coming. Now, as far as the X-Men goes, um, there's a little something to be, to be talked about with uh, some of the, one of the, the writers of Deadpool 3 were on a podcast called the Post-Credit Podcast. Now, I don't have all the quotes in front of me, but this is led to believe about... Po- and this can tie in with the X-Men and how they can be introduced. Now, Deadpool 3 is currently being worked on uh, and the some of the writers were on the podcast saying that you know that if you know Wolverine is being brought up into discussion because as much as we all loved Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool and Hugh Jackman as Wolverine, one thing we never got was a Ryan Reynolds Hugh Jackman team up with uh, with Ed Marvel or anything in that in that sense because Jackman and Reynolds are very good friends in real life. So one thing that the writers were saying was that they should get someone who's shorter to play Wolverine. One of the criticisms that Hugh Jackman got for as great as he was, another guy who's like, that is him, that he's he's Wolverine, is that he's a little too tall. Um, Joe, would you? what do you think would be a better option? And the guys touched upon this in this podcast. Would you think it would be better to try and get someone who is a bit of a well-known actor or would you rather them get a complete unknown? It's hard to say because whoever it is, they better be willing to play this character for the next 20 years. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. I mean, that's basically where they're at. And that's kind of the thing going on with John uh, John Krasinski, I feel like, with uh, Mr. Fantastic. I, I don't know if he's willing to, you know, commit that amount of time towards this character who he knows is going to be around for a very long time. So uh, I think that whoever does X-Men um, or uh, Wolverine, be prepared to do it for a very long time and be prepared to be heavily criticized the second you come on screen. Because like I said earlier, this is going to be part of the adversity that Marvel faces. You know, replacing Hugh Jackman is not going to be easy. Now, that being said, I really hope Marvel just trolls the fuck out of fans. I want them to come out with a release stating, you know what? I think you're right. We need a short Wolverine. We're casting Danny DeVito. <laughs> I want like clips from the movie oh of Danny God. DeVito in the Wolverine costume, and like I want them to take it as do seriously you, as humanly possible. Do you until... realize? I'm sorry, but do you realize yeah. they will meme it into reality, like Morbius getting a sequel? Yeah. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> what's What's hilarious though, and I wasn't going to mention this, but you say the Danny DeVito thing. Um, the the writers were joking the podcast and they were saying like oh you know get someone who's a little shorter like a like a Zach Galifianakis or a Patton Oswalt. Oh, yeah. 
Like, they should yeah. do it. Why not? Fuck it. Troll the fans. <laughs> <laughs> like, really take that seriously. Have them in all of the trailers, all of the all of the be- uh, behind the scenes footage up until the actual movie when you actually bring out legitimate Wolverine. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, like personally, I think uh, to me. I don't care how tall or how short Wolverine is. Yes, I know Wolverine is a short character. He's like 5'3", five, 5'4", five, and he weighs like 300 pounds, and that's mainly because of the animantium. Um, but I think that if Marvel wanted to go with uh, an unknown, I think it would work out. I mean, look at Tom Holland. Tom Holland was a very relatively unknown actor before he became Spider-Man. He was filling big shoes, too. And he does yeah. a good job. Oh, oh yeah. I mean when you when you when your previous, you know, two uh Spider Men were, you know, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield, who were great Spider Men in, in their own rights when you just look at them playing the character. And and just the character in general is a huge uh shoe to fill and, and you and I have both said how much we love Tom Holland as Spider Man and how much we praise the work that the MCU has done with the character. Um I think it can easily be done the same way with a new Wolverine, you know? I feel like you'd have to get somebody who's, like, maybe in their mid to late 30s, maybe late 20s, possibly. Yeah, and, like, all kidding aside, I do think he should be a shorter guy because, you know, I've always been one of those people that are, like, I want these people to be as close to how they're supposed to be portrayed as possible. I'm, I'm never really a huge fan of, like, changing the way people look for the sake of just doing it either for you know one purpose or the other or maybe you just found an actor that you think would be better but i mean you know and it's always good to get a good actor more so than what they look like but then again it's marvel like there should there should there should be people that are shorter out there that should be able to play this character i mean you know try to be as close to the comics as you can i'd say yeah i would say so too um but again I mean, I trust Marvel's casting because nine times out of ten, they knock it out of the park with the person who they're getting for each character. Um, I think whoever they want to get for for a future Wolverine, they would do a great job. You know, uh, it's also a matter of you know, we could see different variants. We will see different variants, different characters. Um, like I think Charles getting uh, you know Patrick Stewart to continue playing Charles Xavier in the MCU would be a smart thing because he's very much open to it. He said in an interview like after Multiverse of Madness came out that he's very much open to doing more with Professor X and I think I've said it before that I think it would be a good way to try and entice those fans of those X-Men movies to the MCU if, if they're kind of like more of a casual person if they love the X-Men. I mean, I know I would want to watch them more often. I mean, me being a super fan, I watch everything that just about everything Marvel does, but I think having someone like Patrick Stewart in the fold would be really, really well, uh, well received. Question is, is I feel like so many of those characters from those movies, whether they be from the original ones that came out in the early two thousands to like the the rebooted ones from like the twenty tens, I really realistically only see Patrick Stewart returning as Charles Xavier, whereas like I feel like they'll recast the rest of the X Men. What do you think would be do, do, what do you think, Joe? Do you think that they should try and maybe try and recast everybody, or maybe like have one, maybe two recognizable faces from that franchise? I think they should recast everybody. I don't think Patrick Stewart can come back because uh, I mean, 
like specifically it's Patrick Stewart and Hugh Jackman. I mean, the other characters, whatever, but specifically those two. I mean, yes, we already know that you know they they are their characters, and whenever we think of Wolverine or whenever we think of Professor X, their uh, X, their face comes to mind. But like, I feel like if they weren't given the time or the respect that they deserved, then I would say sure. But they were their characters for so long and ended it so perfectly with Logan. I don't think that they need to bring him back, and I don't think that recasting Wolverine or whatever is going to be as tall of a order as some people may think. Of course, it is going to be hard, but you know we have that closure. Like it, it's not like you know we liked some character so much, but their movies were just shit, and they didn't you know really. And did well, you know. At, it, that, that's that didn't happen. Like you know, an, like they, Andrew Garfield. They had a good, exactly, they had a good send off. You don't need to be bringing all these people back. You know, give these and these aren't these aren't the, these aren't the same X Men. You know, these are a completely different X Men. These are MCU X Men. Make them their own thing. I don't think it's really that you know that necessary to get memorable people because you already have memorable characters being played the like i said before the x-men is kind of they kind of trade blows with spider-man for the most popular heroes in marvel people yeah. know who the x-men are how, how many of us have grown up watching the x-men cartoon as a kid you know i mean hell people people jizz their pants when they heard the theme from x-men in, <laughs> dude, in, in the in, in strange dude, and by that... people i mean cj <laughs> <laughs> and, and my bass player and my band he he lived my buddy my buddy james we were texting each other after he had seen the movie because i was saying let me know when you see when we see multiverse and he goes to me he's like dude i nearly jizzed myself and cried when i heard the x-men theme and seeing xavier come in with the yellow wheelchair and the green suit and obviously that was the the homage that they were trying to portray charles xavier as like very much it was a tribute to that charles xavier from the animated series um but yes i will agree with you that the i mean X-Men was one of my favorite properties growing up. Like, I cannot tell you how obsessed I was with the X-Men growing up. I read um, a lot of the Ultimate X-Men comics. I played a lot of the X-Men video games. I watched the 90s animation show. I watched, like, the mid-2000s uh, show that was on W... I can't remember what... Maybe on Fox, whatever. Whatever whatever it was. I used to watch it a lot after school. Um you know, I you know, and we learned about characters like uh, like Spike. I learned about Spike from the X Men, a lot of other characters, um, and uh, Nightcrawler as as well. So there is a lot you can do with it, and I would agree in the sense that getting a new cast would be ideal and smart. Um, but I feel like it doesn't mean we can't completely rule out Hugh Jackman and and. Um, and Patrick Stewart to come back at some point, especially if they're building up to this Avengers Secret Wars movie, which is what the which is what heavily rumored that the next Avengers movie will be. Um, based off of that, like you could potentially have those characters come back. Like you you could have you know you could have Patrick Stewart come back in some capacity, or you could just leave it at that. You could have Hugh Jackman be the Wolverine from the 838 universe of the X-Men and he would want revenge, you know, because Marvel has established that the variants of a character don't have to look exactly the same. Hence, you know, the three Spider-Man, Andrew Garfield, Tobey Maguire, Tom Holland, and they can look exactly the same with Doctor Strange. You know, all three Doctor Strange variants were played by Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, I would say 
one guy who does come to mind, and I've seen some uh, some fan art with it, is uh, and I want to get his name right here. Uh, and I've seen him in a bunch of stuff. Uh, what was it? He's an Easy A. He was the dad, Tony. Uh, and I want to I want to get his name right because I'll fuck it up. Stan. Okay, no, Stanley. Stanley Tucci. I've seen. Are you familiar with Stanley Tucci, Joe? That's a negative. Okay, that's a negative. Um, have you ever seen Easy A? Uh, that is also a negative, but I know Emma Stone is in it, so I really should watch it when the lights are home and or lights are off and no one's home. <laughs> okay, yeah, he's he's fun. Uh, that that movie is amazing. Okay, he was in the Hunger Games. You seen the Hunger Games movies? Uh, negative. God <laughs> damn, dude. <laughs> okay, okay, all right. I'm gonna send you a picture of Stanley Tucci. Um, okay. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna see if I can try and find a fan art. Um, I, I mean, though, his face. I'm horrible with actors names i just don't give a shit who they are you know so okay i could know his face <laughs> all right um i remember seeing like some fan art out there with him as uh professor xavier i'm gonna try and uh send this over to you in our little chat here and see if it actually works right. while you're sending that um before we go on i do kind of want to push back a little bit because I, I do kind of disagree with you on on this point where they could you know bring these people back in secret war i feel like at that point if you're bringing people back oh i know this guy um okay, if you are same. bringing people back uh to to you know cameo and things like that i think marvel's in trouble i really do because it, you should be able to develop your characters well enough that you don't have to worry about, about you know leaning exactly like look at civil war right and then not only civil war spider-man afterwards civil war was done basically completely wrong from what it was in the comics because civil war the x-men were a huge part of it but mm -hmm. they didn't have them so you know they didn't they didn't add in men if but you civil really war, if you really think about it if you really think about it and to, and just don't mean to cut you off real quickly but really a hell of a lot more characters were involved in the civil war comic than just the characters that were had but again marvel was limited you know you had guys like the punisher and venom and green goblin and daredevil uh you know uh doctor strange was more have prevalent in that the watcher uh you know there's a lot of characters in the civil war comic that they couldn't use yeah and you know what it was still in my opinion at least one of the Fantastic great comic Four. movies ever yeah. And they did it with, like, a quarter of the people that they needed, you know? But they, the reason why they were able to pull that off, and not only that, introduced two completely new characters in the movie, by the way, without any previous, you know, uh, introduction at all. The, the reason why they were able to do that is because they set up that moment so perfectly with good writing, good storytelling, good planning, and all of that. They didn't have to rely on anything besides the characters they already made. If you're going to go into Secret War and have to rely on things like nostalgia and bringing people back so that people can be like, oh, I know that guy. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just I think that they're doing it wrong at that point. I think they're literally in trouble if they were going to rely on that stuff. Get new, your, new characters in, write them well, and you won't ever have to worry about bringing anybody back. No, I, I you make a very, very good point. I am, And I think if it's done right... Because so far, I don't think Marvel has held on to too much of nostalgia. And I, I bring up the point of Spider-Man No Way Home because I truly think Spider-Man No Way Home 
was the perfect blend of making sure this was still Tom Holland's Spider-Man movie. This didn't feel like a big mashup of nostalgia. Was nostalgia there? Yes, absolutely. You 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 brought back Willem Dafoe for Green Goblin. You bought you brought back Jamie Foxx for Electro and. Uh, uh, Alfred Molina for Doc Ock, and you brought back Andrew and Toby back as their Spider-Man in their respective universes. I think it was a perfect blend of all that, and if they can kind of keep that formula for whenever they feel like bringing in these other, like, I guess I'll say Marvel legends, because that's how they describe it on Disney+, Plus, um, into, these, into the franchise of the MCU, because I really do think that's the overall thing that they're trying to do. Like, you know, we have our main MCU. We have, you know, we have Spider-Man, Tom Holland. We have Benedict Cumberbatch, Doctor Strange, uh, Elizabeth Olsen's uh, Scarlet Witch, Paul Bettany Vision, um, you know, Iron Man, Captain America, whether it be Steve Rogers, Sam Wilson. You know, there's they have those characters and they're like, yes, this is the main timeline and story of what we're telling. But it kind of they are trying to interconnect these other movies that we've seen in the past and make them part of this expansive expansive multiverse whereas they're technically canon but they're not taking away from the main characters that we see here if again i think if anybody can do it right i think marvel can find that good balance but i do agree with you in the sense that they shouldn't have to rely on uh bringing back character you know like people like Hugh Jackman and uh Patrick Stewart and even Ian McKellen uh you know as much as I would love to see like an Ian McKellen come back more or a Michael Fassbender who played the young Magneto I would love to see that but I think helping build new actors as these potential characters will help the MCU for a very very long time and to your point with the No Way Home thing, yes, I completely agree with you. There was a, a really perfectly. I don't think they really could have done it a whole lot better, um, as far as you know the balance between nostalgia and like you know an actual cohesive story. But at the same time, right, that was the first time that I was really done, basically in cinema, as far as like this, you know, these uh, these characters coming together. You don't see that in DC. You don't see that really anywhere else. You saw two a bunch of characters from completely different like companies which doesn't really happen within the same universe together which is great it was the first time that happened however what happened after the first avengers once you saw all of them together which was fantastic it was amazing we thought avengers was like the best thing ever you got used to seeing them together which is not necessarily to say that you know seeing them together kind of lost its uh it you know lost its uh its shine what would you call it? yeah exactly Right, it's not to say that necessarily. However, if you were to do that with bringing in some nostalgia pieces, a little bit in each movie going forward, that's still a whole lot of stuff. Like you're you're building an expectation to every couple of movies seeing something nostalgic. Where and you know, in the former case where you have all these heroes together at the same time, that we expected. However, that's based on writing. Whereas this is solely really based on nostalgia. They're two different things. So I feel yeah. like if you're going to do the whole nostalgia route, you really have to do that very sparingly. Like yeah. if you want to do it once in like like Secret War, fine. But they really got to watch themselves here. I think so as well. And I think that's kind of a reason why maybe a lot of people had very, very high expectations for Multiverse of Madness, myself included. Um, now, I, I mean, I've said it before that I think that 
Multiverse of Madness was a great film for what it was, and I think we all kind of got lost in the whole nostalgia, multiverse-hopping thing for the movie, you know? Granted, should you have labeled it Multiverse of Madness or they're only going to go to two different universes? I mean, yes, no, I mean, it's a marketing thing, but seeing it the second time, I was very much like, okay, I I enjoyed it a lot more the second time around because my expectations were a lot lower because obviously I'd seen it, but... I think that can be a problem, though, because I think a lot of people will, th- I, and I, you know, I think they can think that um, Doctor, you know, Doctor Strange or whatever movie they do can lead to more. Oh, we're going to see all these characters come back, and that could be a problem for them. But I think they can do it sparingly. I did recently, like uh, a few weeks ago, I was um, I was down in like the uh, South Jersey area, and for my dad's birthday. And I had to go pick up a cake for him at a shop right. And um, I was going, I was paying for the cake and I was wearing, I have this Doctor Strange shirt where it has the main MCU Doctor Strange in the middle, uh, the Defender Strange on one side and Sinister Strange on the other. And it says Doctor Strange and, you know, on on the shirt. And uh, I'm talking to the cashier and he goes, he's like, now I didn't see Multiverse of Madness, but how was it? And I gave him my opinion. I just said, you know, I thought it was, I thought it was really well done. I really enjoyed it. Um, I don't think you should get your hopes up as far as like, like a no way home or anything, but you know, I, but I still solid movie. I, I liked it more than the first Dr. Strange, et cetera, et cetera. And the guy says to me, he's like, he's like, ah, he's like, I'll be honest. Like I'm not big on the whole no way home hype. I'm like, dude, what? And he's like, he's like, don't get me wrong. You know, I really liked it. I enjoyed it, but I felt like it was good, but I felt like they relied too much on nostalgia. That's like the first person that I've actually interacted with where they thought the nostalgia was too much, whereas you and I both agree that they did the right amount of story for Tom Holland and nostalgia to go with it. But that right there with the point you just made me, it made with me, it shows that maybe the nostalgia thing could be taking too much of a toll already. And to your point with the uh, the Multiverse of Madness thing where we all kind of expected it to be more, you know, madness, mm-hmm. is that... <sighs> Two things could be true at once, right? They could have been more, you know, crazy with it. And I actually, you know, when I was on the podcast last, I said that very thing that I, I think they could have done more. But doing more doesn't necessarily mean bringing in more like characters from the past. I was expecting yeah. them to set up more characters for the future. I was expecting to see, you know, more uh, X Men and Fantastic Four and stuff like that uh, set up for the further movies. Whereas here, they kind of seemed more, you know, we all know that they're coming eventually, of course, but they they still seemed very contained into not only one movie, but one specific scene. Like, they weren't even, like, that big of a deal throughout the entire movie. They were just there to show how much of a badass Scarlet Witch is, you know? Mm-hmm. So, two things could be true at once. Yeah, it could have been bigger and crazier, but crazier and bigger doesn't necessarily mean, you know, just picking the low-hanging fruit. Yeah, very true. And I think Marvel was wise to not go too crazy because I think you build an expectation level to the point where they think every movie is going to be better than the last. And that's not necessarily true. You know, they're at a point where they everyone knows they're going to put out good quality content and it's kind of up to the viewer to determine whether or not they liked it. Um, The other thing getting into that, though, is I think, you know, because we we have kind of I I don't want to say we've been going into a tangent because whenever you and I get on a podcast together it is literally just we're, we're having a conversation I don't necessarily go in. Through, 
<laughs> we don't necessarily go from point A, B, C, and D like how me and Vinny kind of do it. You and me just kind of just shoot the shit, which which is not bad at all. I I love when we have that kind of dynamic together. Um, but one thing to kind of go in off and for the you know for the next 10, 15 minutes, however left we have in the podcast, um, bringing in like you know we talked about having like newer characters come in and like newer faces rather than bringing back old uh, faces. Now, one guy who kind of falls into this category at the moment is John Krasinski. Uh, who played Mr. Fantastic in Multiverse of Madness. Obviously, we saw what happened to him. You know, he turned into Mom's Spaghetti, uh, unfortunately. So, um, the, Kevin Foggy, or it was Kevin Foggy, or it was, I think it was Sam Raimi, who was saying something like, um, you know, it, it was around the, around the lines of, like, you know, Marvel fan casting. And um, I think Sam Raimi was saying that, you know, Marvel is aware of the fan casting. They're aware of the, you know, fans want to say, oh, this would be really cool if this person did this. So Sam Raimi was saying, uh, you know, oh, and Kevin was probably going, oh, you know, that's really cool. Since this is another universe, let's bring him in for that. So I think, honestly, I think they're trying to bring doubt to make people think that he'll be Mr. Fantastic, so when they actually, the, the main MCU Mr. Fantastic, so when they announce the movie and he is Mr. Fantastic, it would be, be like, oh, oh my god, yeah. Because I, I personally think that it would be uh, it would be a big mistake to not have Krasinski as Mr. Fantastic, as the main f- Mr. Fantastic for the MCU. Um, but what do you think, Joe? What, um, judging by his performance, I know he didn't do much in Multiverse of Madness, but how would you feel if Marvel decided to stay with John Krasinski? Well, saying that it's a mistake that they may not stay with him, I think is inaccurate only because I do think that they want to stay with him. I mean, the fact that they admitted that this was a casting based on fan feedback. The, mm-hmm. We know the fans wanted them. We gave it to you. We want him there. At this point, the ball's in John Krasinski's court. It is entirely up to him. Like, I think Mar- uh, Marvel has already had their mind set on him. It's just a matter of, does he want to do this for, like I said, with the Wolverine casting, is he willing to do this for the next 10, 15, 20 years? Because that's pretty much what's what he's going to be signing up for. And I know that a lot of actors, maybe not a lot, but a good amount of actors, and this goes beyond acting even, this goes into music and artistry and whatever else, they don't want to be known for one thing. Right, I know. I, th- I believe Daniel Radcliffe was one of these actors. Where, yeah, he he was known to play Harry Potter. It was his first huge role. He made a lot of money doing it. But after a while, he was like, "Yeah, I, I kind of don't want to be known as Harry Potter all the time. I want to do other things." That's kind of why. It, I'm sorry, you up? That's kind of why you know Downey Jr. and Evans split. You know, they they yeah. played Captain America and Iron Man for uh, over a decade. And you know what? It can be crippling because if if I was to want to be cast in a movie and, you know, let's say if I was Daniel Radcliffe and I wanted to get cast in a movie and then I'm trying to, you know, make my audition and they're like, well, yeah, you did good. But like, I don't know if we really want Harry Potter to play this role. He's like, well, God damn it. I'm not Harry Potter. I'm Daniel Radcliffe. <laughs> you know, like <laughs> yeah, I yeah. can do other shit. So that might be where John Krasinski's at because remember, he's already kind of like that i mean people know him for being jim from the office already you know does he want to be known for another thing more than everything else like it just depends on how much um what's the word how how diverse he wants his career to be you know so this but either way this is entirely in his court i mean the fans have spoken and even marvel has spoken they all want him it's just a matter of does he want it i would think this is this is in my opinion that this is very much a um it's very much like a trial basis. I think this was a thing that maybe Kevin Feige and the higher and the higher ups of Marvel were just like, all right, 
We've seen this response that people want John as Mr. Fantastic. Let's bring him in to play, for now, a variant of Mr. Fantastic in the 838 universe for Multiverse of Madness, and let's see how he does. And he had a lot of dialogue in the movie, and he was explaining the whole thing about incursions, um, which also I found out recently that the teleportation um, he used in Multiverse of Madness is uh, an Easter egg to Doom, apparently. Apparently, Doom had similar technology that Reed Richards acquired after like a fight with Doctor Doom with the Fantastic Four. It's also referenced as possible technology that Kang the Conqueror was able to develop from his ancestor Reed Richards' uh, research. Um, but I think it would be you know criminal to not pick him. I, I, I truly, truly believe that they will go with him, but I feel like they're just trying to put some doubt in us, the fans, of like, oh, they might not pick him, whereas, like, you know, it, I don't see why they wouldn't. You know, if you cast him for this, why wouldn't you do use, use him, you know? Like, I get, like, you know, not wanting to bring in other, like, nostalgia characters back for other reasons. Like, you know, it's a re I, th I think it's a reason why Kevin Feige decided not to go with Andrew Garfield as the, the MCU Spider-Man and to get somebody else because he wanted to get a new character there. And now it's all for the better because, you know... Toby, Tom, and Andrew all shine in their own light as Spider-Man and got to together in the in No Way Home. So, I think, you know, getting him in there, you know, and there are a lot of actors, real quickly, just before we wrap up, there, there are a lot of actors who, who want to be in the MCU right now. Like, Daniel Radcliffe, I believe, has commented and said, you know, hey, if, if they're willing, you know, um, I, I'd love to give it a shot. Other actors like uh, Zac Efron has said that he would love to be a part of the MCU. Um, I guess to kind of close things off because we didn't get to talk about a few other things I said we would talk about, but we got to most of them. Um, what actors, Joe, do you think, and what what actor would you love to have in the MCU, and what character would you love to have them play? If you can think of one, maybe two. Well, you asked the wrong person because, like I said before, I don't know shit about actors. <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be hard for me to kind of okay. Say right. about that, well, but, well, you know, maybe, maybe a this, I, maybe a character then. I'm just curious. I'm just really curious to see how Deadpool is in the MCU. Like, I don't know. I just kind of have that. Like, I have full faith in the MCU. But with Deadpool, I don't know. I still feel like they have to prove to me that they can do an R rated movie. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, yeah. I, don't know. I feel you. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, that. Um, someone that already exists, but, you know, that's definitely something that I'm more interested in. I think they'll definitely push the boundaries because they've kind of pushed the boundaries in Moon Knight. They've kind of pushed the boundaries in Multiverse of Madness. So I think they're planting the seeds that the MCU can get darker um, than what it's led to believe after all these years. So I do think that they can diversitize the characters because I fully expect them to have John Bernthal return as the Punisher at some point down the line to be like, yeah, you know, let's, let's, you know, and, and have him be as gory and gruesome as he could before, you know, and we meant, and Foz, uh, Fozzie, uh, Vinny and I got text messages from him, um, said that, um, what well, me and Vinny talked last week that Chris Evans is more open to be coming back as, uh, the human torch rather than, uh, uh, Captain America because of his, um, you know, his character arc with Cap was, was so well done and it ended, whereas human torch didn't really get all that much. Um, I would personally love to see, and this is my thing. I've talked, I've talked about it a bunch. I would love to see uh, Dacre Montgomery 
who he's best known for playing Billy in Stranger Things and then second best known playing the Red Ranger in the Power Rangers reboot. I would love for him to play the Human Torch. Um, another actor who has been very vocal that he'd like to be a part of Marvel is Zac Efron. Some people think Zac Efron could play a pretty good Human Torch. I think so too, but I think he's just a tad bit old for that character. I would want someone a little younger. Um, I think, uh, and you might agree with it, me with this, Joe, I think Zac Efron would make a great Iceman. Yeah, probably. He definitely has a physique for it. I mean, is an Iceman kind of like a wisecracky type of character? Like, yeah. He's kind of a jokester because Zac Efron is kind of funny as shit. Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's very he's funny. pretty good work. Yeah. And I, I think like the, the characters of Bobby Drake, Iceman, and Johnny Storm, Human Torch, are very similar characters. Uh, characters in the sense that they are a bit of ball busters they're ladies men you know they're good looking dudes and and you know the only thing that's different about them is that they just have opposite attracting powers i i always thought Iceman and human torch getting together was always the coolest thing it's like oh it's fire and ice uh so i really really enjoyed that um but anyway yeah i think we should kind of wrap things up there uh, Joe, thank you so much for coming on the pod, buddy. You know, I, th- I again, I think it is at this point where you are the honorary fourth co-host of the podcast. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Your contract's in the mail, kid. Excellent. And before we go really quick, I just want to say one more thing because sure. we kind of glossed over it. Them going back to Comic-Con, I think, is bigger than people think. Yeah, yeah. We didn't I mean, really get to talk about it too much, but but yeah, that's a huge deal. I think that's where we'll hear like Fantastic Four and X-Men announcements of that Comic-Con. Yeah, because I mean, one of the things that, because for anybody who doesn't, who's listening, who, who's not like a big, big into gaming, they always had this um, con called E3. And E3 mm-hmm. was every June, and it was always that time of year where everything happened. You had to see E3 because you would then get oh, what's the coming year? Oh, this is coming next year. Oh, my God. But that, that kind of went on the wayside as online leaks and things like that has happened. If Disney can kind of button themselves up and keep these leaks to a minimum, I know your podcast is, <laughs> you kind of want the leaks to come out. And I, I know I understand that. But, you know, if they can button it up a little bit and go to these Comic-Cons or whatever and ha- make this a yearly thing where we're just kind of waiting in anticipation for one specific day for them to just drop bombs on us. I think that's really that just adds to the hype that is honestly kind of needed for MCU, you know, because you know, the MCU is always going to have a little hype around it because of how successful they've been and everything like that, but just adding that little bit of mystique of not knowing what's necessarily coming next and just kind of waiting for that day to come for all the announcements to come up and see who's, who's favorite heroes is getting a movie soon. I don't know. I, I think that's going to add a lot of uh, excitement for people. I think so as well. And literally as we're about to shut the door on this podcast, uh, Andreas texted me and Vinny in our group chat that Kevin Feige, and I think we kind of touched upon this earlier, but Kevin Feige has said that the next Thanos level threat will begin to reveal itself in the next coming months. So that very excellent. We could potentially See, I'm telling you, I don't think Kang is the big bad. I think he might be like a Loki type character where he looks like the big bad and he's around for a little while, but eventually it's going to turn out being someone else and he's more of like a, a smaller villain. I'm t- I don't know. I have a feeling. If it's not Kang, then I think it could be uh, Doctor Doom because I think Doctor Doom can do a lot more than just be the Fantastic Four's bad guy. I think Doom could be a bad guy who could face any hero in the comics, and he fought a lot of different heroes. 
But eventually he does get to the Emperor God Doom level in the comics, which he's the one who sends these heroes from 838 and 616 in the comics into Battle World where they pin them against each other. So I think there's a lot you could do with Doom. If it's not Doom, then maybe Galactus, but I feel like Galactus we could wait. There hasn't really been too many Easter eggs for Galactus. I think we can wait a little bit while with that. Um, maybe Mephisto. There's been teases of Mephisto, but we never really see anything. Maybe that should be a podcast for a future episode. Who will truly be the next big Marvel bad? I think you're right. I don't think it's going to be Galactus. You're not going to have a gal- galaxy-eating fucking being alongside the multiverse. You have to have those separate. So yeah, I think you're not, right on that. Not yet. Eventually, but not yet. Anyway, yeah. that'll do it for this episode of Fan Speculation. Joe, once again, thank you so much for joining the podcast, my friend. Got any final words for the good people? Um, not anymore because I don't want this to go any further. <laughs> <laughs> we just hit a little bit over an hour, which is good, which is usually how yeah, there we go. Things. Nice and tame. All right. So thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've made it this far, thank you so much. If you'd like to follow us here on social media, we are at fan speculation underscore pod on Instagram. We are fan speculation. That is all one word on Twitter. Um, please be sure to be giving, listening to us on your favorite podcast app, whether it be Apple Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google Play, Stitcher, wherever you like to listen to podcasts. Uh, download it. Leave a five-star review if you can. Write a review if you can in the podcast. Share with your friends and let us know what you think on social media. Uh, let us know what you think about all these stories. Like, you, Do you think we could do more newer castings, uh, less nostalgia, more nostalgia. What do you want to see? Uh, how do you feel if Chris Hemsworth is going to stick around the MCU for a while? Let us know all your thoughts on social media. So thank you so much for listening to this episode of Fan Speculation. So for Joe Stanzielli and CJ Palmasano, we'll see you next time. <laughs>